This is the Feminine Genius Podcast, a podcast that celebrates all women of God and their unique genius. I'm your host, Rachel Wong. Jill Simons shared some major truth in this episode, discussing how the Lord invited her to trust Him more and stop hurrying and worrying. Jill is a wife, mother, and the owner and creative director of Pink Salt Riot. But above all, she's come to rest in the truth of her identity as God's daughter. And through her work in ministry, Jill's mission is to help other women recognize this identity in themselves. In this episode, Jill shares how she's come to see her identity first as God's daughter, the story behind Pink Salt Riot, and how we can all stop hurrying and worrying, resting first in God's love for us. Hello, Jill. Hi, I'm so happy to be here with you today, Rachel. I am very happy to be with you as well. We were just chatting before we got started, and it had been a few months since we had last met, and it's a joy to be with you. I feel like it's catching up with an old friend, so thanks for being here. My pleasure. I feel the same. So for those folks who may not be familiar with you or your work, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself to our listeners. Absolutely. So my name is Jill Simons. I am creative director and owner at Pink Salt Riot, which is where most people know me from. I'm also a fellow podcaster and have a podcast called Authentic Uprising that is produced by my company, where we really talk about the same themes that our products are talking about there at Pink Salt Riot. And I'm also a wife and a mom. I'm pregnant with my fourth baby, which we're so excited about. And I would love prayers for, for all of your wonderful, faithful listeners to pray for a baby. And we're asking Jesus to show off and send us a girl. So if you like praying for big things, we'd love prayers for a girl, but I'm just so happy to be coming to a place in my life where the number one way that I really see myself and explain myself is in relationship to God and as a daughter of God and how important that is to really be tied into how we see ourselves and even how we introduce ourselves. That's so lovely. And I mean, how often do we, you know, we go to other things and we use other qualifiers to describe who we are whenever we're asked to introduce ourselves, to go to the heart of what you were saying, introducing yourself as first a daughter, because that's really who we are. So I appreciate that reminder right from the the start here. Absolutely. That's, and that's so much of what I'm really passionate talking about and about spreading, because I think that in talking about joy is kind of the larger topic of conversation that we're going to be chatting about today. I think that that is so essential because the fullness of truth breeds joy and living out of that and not allowing these lies about our identity to really percolate in our souls is something that then allows us to access that joy so much more easily. Mm-hmm. And you said this so beautifully, like you're you're so happy to have arrived at a place and certainly that would denote that there is a journey that has taken place. And of course, the journey is ongoing, but I would love it if you could share a little bit about your own personal faith journey and how it is that you've arrived at this place. Absolutely. So I hope that all of your listeners, when they think back over their own journey of faith, you're just overwhelmed by the presence and the faithfulness of God in your own story. Cause I feel like when we do get the opportunity to zoom out and really see from a bird's eye view, that that is 
almost a universal. There's just this incredible faithfulness of God, even through the hardest parts of our story. So I was a cradle Catholic born into a lovely, faithful family, really always had the faith as a given through my young life. My father was a convert, so he was very engaged in actively learning about his faith and things like that. My mother was very faith-filled as well. And her mother, my grandmother, who my daughter is named after, was just one of the most beautiful examples of faith that I've ever encountered in my life. And she was a huge influence on me all the way through my life. And at the end of high school, kind of as you do, as you should, there's that desire to really make the faith your own if you're going to have it or to let it go if you're not going to have it. And that's really where I was at the end of senior year was not seriously considering leaving the faith or anything like that. But I really did have that conviction of like, I've got to answer all the hard questions because I really do want this to be something that transitions with me into adulthood if it's convincing. And if it's not convincing, I'm going to let it go. So to that end, I went to Benedictine College. I wanted to give it a fair chance. And I think that that's a really important goal for parents, not that the kid's faith journey is like seamless and linear, but that children have the level of comfort and the level of not necessarily awareness, but kind of the benefit of the doubt for the faith so that they're willing to actually see like, what is the church's answer to this question? And not to say, well, the church is probably wrong about this. And I I don't actually know what it says, but it's probably wrong. Mm -hmm. And so I went to Benedictine College because I knew that the professors there were going to be the best people that I could find in the United States to really address these questions. And if that was unconvincing to me, then that was going to be good reason to leave. And so I went into Christian marriage my sophomore year, as many people in our generation, I think a lot of the relationship and morality issues were the big questions that I had. And so I went into Christian marriage to my poor, sweet Dr. White. and was just like, I'm going to make this class really hard. And he was like, bring it on. Like I, this is why I do this. I'm so excited and, you know, no fear at all. Just so ready to answer all of my questions, which he did really convincingly. And especially around the issue of contraception, there was a lot of like, Oh shoot, this is the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Like this would be much more convenient for me if it wasn't, but I, was very convicted by the truth. And so really had the opportunity to grow in my faith a lot at that time. Met my husband who is a theology major and is now chair of theology at our Catholic high school here in Tulsa. And so he has been a beautiful influence on my faith as well. Been able to answer really those ongoing, like explain this all to me kind of questions. So I've been very, very thankful for that. But this last year, actually, I am in my thirties now. And in this last year, there has been such an interesting call of the Holy Spirit to really like go deeper. Let's do this at much more of a internal level and much less of an intellectual level. Like so much of my faith journey had been to this point. And so I was led by a mentor to apply to Encounter School of Ministry where I am now a student. And so I'll graduate in 2023, but I have never been kind of pulled apart and unmade and put back together again in any kind of way like I have been the last. I've just been in the program for five months now, but it's just been completely life-changing and it has been what has convicted me about this idea of really viewing myself first and foremost in relationship to God because so many of the spiritual masters talk about peace and the enduring nature of peace. And I think that that's so complex and challenging for so many of us to understand because we're trying to overlay it 
with our existing viewpoints about those things. We think we're going to keep everything the way it is. And we're just going to like add this on top and it doesn't work. And there was so much that had to be kind of pulled up from the ground to make it possible. Obviously, I wouldn't say that I'm at a place of enduring peace, but now I see how that is a possible thing because people really do reach this place of intimacy with God where that is truly how you define yourself. And I'm not ashamed at all to admit that that has not been the case. I'm only now collaborating with God in that becoming the truth of where I'm at. This is very much in the midst of this adolescence, it feels like, of spirituality to really come into a maturity with God, to really be able to say with clarity, God, you are really my all and really the standard by which I measure. Right. And that brings to light a whole new dimension for me of truly being a child, right? In the eyes of the Lord. Yes. Just the fact that we can never fully achieve knowing God, just the fact that there's always so much more to learn. And it really is folly for us to feel like, okay, I've just mastered all of the levels of truly knowing God and in turn, knowing ourselves as well. And it's such a beautiful reflection on that. And I'm so happy to hear that you have been taking that opportunity for yourself because I can see how that also would ripple out into, you know, your relationship in your marriage, to your children, in your business, and and of course, the ministry that you serve. 100%. And it's been so interesting how much it's really manifested in two areas. And it's the need to stop hurrying Mm -hmm. and the need to stop worrying and how much those two things were things that I think I really consciously not only allowed in my life, but really like fostered in my life as almost like goods in my mind that I'm going to do this fast and I'm going to freak out about it in the process, (laughs) like silly (laughs) as that sounds, but that's been very much my MO for most of my life. And it's so interesting to be in the process of letting that go. Yeah, it's exciting and it's such a powerful reminder to all of us, the hurrying and worrying. And it's funny that they rhyme because it's something that I know I exhibit in my own life. It's, you know, you're always looking for that next, how do I get to point B and how do I get there faster? But then in the interim or in the meantime, being totally remiss to everything that's actually going on. And what I find so beautiful and what just really struck me is as you were talking about having that choice at the end of senior year, it just reminds me again of how God proves his love for us. He didn't force you to make a choice. He didn't force you to see that every everything that he's created is correct and he's allowed for you that freedom and it's funny to hear you say that oh like it would have been so much more convenient if these professors could not answer in a satisfying way because then it it really brings the choice back to you to just Mm -hmm. be like okay I need to I need to seriously consider what it is that I'm going into so again it's like that deepening and and awareness of how God is moved in your life and how much it's all just invitation like Again, the truth just gets presented to us over and over again, most especially through God's word. You know, I've heard people say the Bible could be boiled down into, do you trust me? And Mm -hmm. that is like, it's just constantly giving us the little piece and saying, will you take it? Do you trust me? Are we going to move forward? And if no, like, all right, I'm going to offer maybe the same thing again, like as many times as it takes. There's also no hurry in that process for 
God, mm-hmm. which is the thing that really like created a really important shift for me where I was like, God is not wringing his hands about when I'm going to get things together and stuff like that. He's okay with this taking time. And that also, I think, gives people a really uh, kind of on the other end of the spectrum, if people are just struggling with scrupulosity, right. that's something that can kind of bring some peace where God is not impatient in waiting for us to grow in these areas. He's very, very happy with the small ways that we grow. And to extend that parent analogy, talking about being like a child, I you know, have seen this happen three times with my children when they're yeah. learning to walk or talk. My one-year-old is learning to talk right now. Oh. You know, you say, say thank you. And he'll go, da-da. And you're like, <laughs> yay, great job. Good job saying thank you. You know, and you're not like, well, that wasn't very clear. <laughs> <laughs> you're happy with what he has to mm-hmm. offer at the given time. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is beautiful. Such a great thing because how often do we not extend, and this might be funny to say, but we don't extend that same grace to the Lord where we're always rushing on a timeline and we're waiting for him to show up and just appear and make his things known. So yeah, Jill, thank you for for all of that. I think it's just such powerful truth that we need to hear. I want to pivot slightly to talk about the story of Pink Salt Riot. And as a quick aside, I remember when I first encountered your account, on Instagram. I remember when I saw it at first, I was like, that is a lovely name for Himalayan sea salt. And then I looked into it. I'm like, oh, that is not it. <laughs> it is not <laughs> yes. sea salt. It is not Himalayan salt or, or like culinary things. It's a Christian goods store. And I dug in a little deeper and it's a Catholic run Christian goods store. But, you know, maybe we'll start with how did Pink Salt Riot come to be? Like, what was the genesis of that? Absolutely. So when I was in high school, actually, I started making handmade jewelry recreationally. I am kind of an obsessive person to where when I do something, I'll do like a lot of it. And so my mother was very much like, okay, this is good, good work, you know, good hobby. If it doesn't leave our house, then you have to stop. (laughs) And so she did a lot of the legwork then to make that possible for me to be able to go and do a farmer's market in our hometown and ended up doing that for almost eight years where it really just gave me a lot of freedom. I was able to make things and do just a one day a week market or event and not have to have a waitressing job or other things like that. So I was able to do a lot of things in college that I would not have been able to do otherwise. And also to kind of make my contributions towards my tuition that way. So when I graduated from college, the original plan was to get a PhD, but I was engaged at the time. And so it did not make sense for me to pursue my program right away out of my undergrad. And so I was making plans to move where my fiance lived. That meant coming here to Tulsa. And I found a job right away. Turned out to be very unethical. What they were asking me to do was not presented that way to me in the beginning, but I needed a quick exit plan. And so I left the job really without a plan B. And so just as a very temporary thing, I went back to making things and I actually built a successful secular handmade company where I made everything out of old books that schools and public libraries were going to throw away. And it was very fun. After a couple of years, I opened retail storefronts for that brand. Just got to have this really lovely time doing that. God used my first several children to kind of accelerate that growth and then also really show me it was time to pivot. So when I was pregnant with my second child, my daughter, I started to feel this 
desire to do the same kind of work that I had done, but with old hymnals and old Bibles and things like that. And so I started to create specifically religious pieces in the same style that I had been doing. And that's when Pink Salt Riot was specifically born. And we've grown and morphed a lot since then, but we are coming up on six years now. And now we have grown to have a staff and we have a physical storefront here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and get to send things all over the world. It's just really been a beautiful journey to be on. Mm-hmm. Right. And the name, it's its very striking. I know I've read in a few different places or I've heard interviews that you've given describing this. What is the story behind that? Yeah, absolutely. So Catholic audience, you guys will understand liturgical colors. Mm-hmm. So we're coming up here at the time of recording. We are right around our pink Sunday, right. pink liturgically means joy. And then in Matthew, we're called to be the salt of the earth. And so I really personally believe that as women, the primary way that we are salt is through the expression of the fruit of joy in our lives. But then that's something that we both maintain and magnify in community. And that's the riot part of things where we're able to magnify that and maintain it when we're in community. Yeah, that's such a that's such a cool name. And I'm starting to see a lot of different things like fall into place here because you mentioned that you host a podcast, which mm-hmm. I believe was formerly Missionary of Joy or talking about yes. joy missionaries, right? And now moving to this title of Authentic Uprising. And mm-hmm. it's interesting to see all of these words tie together and you tied it and kind of threaded it together so beautifully talking about joy and even like that word riot or uprising, right? I think especially in contemporary connotations and maybe even historically, like they do have a, a type of negative connotation. And mm-hmm. yet how you're, you're talking about coming up and being our most authentic selves, really striving to set the world ablaze, like with joy and sharing that with other people in community. And I believe that this is talked about a lot in creative circles, especially in Catholic creative circles, right? Like community over competition, I guess at the heart of it, like where did this flick a switch for you? Because I would imagine that like many creators, and I would include myself in this, there, there certainly must have been some times where you felt maybe the opposite of joy or the opposite of community. Where did that spark for you? So I think the internet has provided us so many beautiful opportunities. You and I never would have met all of the opportunities that um, we have to create community and things like that are really beautiful. But at the same time, I think that there is this extra level of pressure that gets put on things. And one of those levels of pressure is to have this perception that you should have utter clarity about the scope of what you're going to do when you start it. And, you know, it's consistent and clear and linear. I've struggled with how public my unlinearness has been because with Pink Salt Riot, we have been kind of all over the place at times because I'm always trying to figure it out. And I think that that's really where I have found the confidence in that story in the time that has passed to be able to say, if nothing else, people are going to know that I was never just sitting around taking things as they came. Like I'm actively trying to figure out where this fits. And so this has gone through lots of different iterations. At the beginning, we were kind of one of the only shows in the game. Our thing is that we're Catholic. (laughs) That's our whole thing. Like my friend Erica at Be A Heart, very small handful of other people were the only people doing handmade artisan Catholic goods at the time. So for about two and a half years, 
that was my whole story essentially was that we were just cute things that were Catholic. And as the market grew and became a lot more clear, I needed to clarify that. And I struggled to do that. Well, it's been really interesting, the kind of different iterations that it's taken through. And it really came to a head like a year ago, I really solidified kind of returned to our roots around this idea of joy that our name is based on But as I went through creating content really exclusively about joy for the last part of 2020 and the first six months of this year, I realized how many women feel like that is not even possible Hmm. and how many people are in a place where joy is like a pipe dream Hmm. and how much I want to partner with them earlier in the process. And so that has brought about this shift that we've undergone this year to talking about issues of identity and the lies that we believe, because only when we sweep these out, do we have a foundation where now we can talk about how can the Holy Spirit collaborate with us to bring this kind of sustaining joy that is not dependent on circumstance and things like that. And to just have these conversations in public is not something that happens very frequently. So that's what we want to provide a space for. Mm-hmm. You know, like especially in secular circles and maybe even to some extent within Christian and, and Catholic circles too, is the Catholic church sometimes is looked at as there's just like so much weight and heaviness and maybe the opposite of joy. But to your point, like how much of even liturgically speaking, like we see joy wrapped up in the ways in which we live out the different seasons, whether it's the church's life or even in our own lives too, and how joy can be brought about. And just to touch on this idea of being unlinear, right? And just how public that is. Like I I certainly can identify even in the short little lifespan of the podcast, it's moved and it's shaped and I was not expecting certain things to happen and then yet here we are and it's funny to see these things unfold but I guess it also reminds me that I'm not doing it alone you know I'm noting all the lovely pottery behind you and it just reminds me of how God is like that wheel constantly turns and he can shape us as he will to what you were saying earlier like really surrender and allow for him to just work through us that way I feel like this is my broken record thing now where kind of whatever the big thing in my life is, I can always pull anything back to. And this pulls us back to the child thing where it's just like kids don't worry about this stuff. And like, they just are able to be in what's going on right now Mm -hmm. and how much we lose that ability. And maybe that is part of what God wants to call us back to is the like, well, this is what we're doing right now. Yes, you know, we need to plan and be responsible and take this certain level of things, but also never to the extent where we're like clinging to something where we're so married to the plan that we can't allow God to shift it if it needs to be shifted. And now like through a lot of the work that you do, whether like in the store or on your podcast, you have this opportunity to, you know, like I noted earlier, touch so many lives. And I'd love to hear from your perspective, just as you've been able to talk to different people, whether on Instagram as they're sharing that they just got their box of goodies from you or you're interviewing other people, what have been some of the takeaways or like glimmers of joy that you're seeing in other people that really get you excited? Yeah, I think there's been many stories. One thing that we've always done is had 
a large amount of free resources available to people. So we make a lot of beautiful phone lock screens and printable art and things like that. And we make it available for free to everyone on our email list. And so I was at an event, this has probably been two or three years ago now, I was at an event and we had done this lovely print of the verse where Christ says, Talitha Kum, like, arise little girl, this woman came up to me and she was like, I've never bought anything from you, but I need you to understand how much your company has changed my life. And I was like, Oh, you know, thank you. I'm lost because I don't know how, you know, we've been a part of it, not having received our products. And she said that she did not have a lot of means. And so she just always took advantage of all the free things on our website, which I love. That's absolutely a huge part of why I create them. And she was in a terrible car accident and lost the use of her legs and had somebody print the Talitha Coom print and put it on the ceiling above her hospital bed. Wow. And she was expected to regain the use of her legs, but it was a lot of painful physical therapy. And she said, that's what she looked at every day as she was laying in bed, as she was working up to like do her painful therapy and things like that. And she said, that is hundred percent what got me through, which again, is not, it's not something that I did. It's something that I was surrendered to allow the Holy spirit to use what I had created to do. And I think that we all have those opportunities, however large or small our sphere of influences, like, okay, God, you make this into what you want it to be. And he will blow our minds regularly. I hope everybody repeats that, like, you know, he will blow our minds regularly because it's true. He does. And maybe to extend that clay and pottery metaphor, you know how challenging it is when the clay is not malleable. If it's like hard and dried up, it's not going to mold. I can hear in my own prayer, like that is how the Lord is working with me. Like I'm just very stiff and he wants to turn me into something great. Like what a beautiful story that you share. Just this woman who would look at these words from scripture, these words from our Lord, inspired by the spirit, you were able to present it in such a beautiful way and how that changed her life. That is amazing. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I was so happy that she shared that story with me. And I think too, just as we maybe like wrap up, we've talked a lot about joy and like seeking joy and, you know, Jacques Philippe is coming to mind where it's like seeking and and maintaining peace as well, because I feel like all of these are really interwoven together. And what encouragement do you have for those women who regardless of when they're listening to this, because I'm conscious of the fact that folks could be listening right when this comes out or maybe years and years down the line. And if they're currently in a state in their life where joy seems like a pipe dream, to use your words from earlier, what encouragement do you have for them? If you are an imaginative prayer or if you're open to it, even if it's not the way that you most frequently pray, it is so powerful to close your eyes and go to a place where you are with God, with Christ. If it's easiest for you to mentally make it Christ, if it's easiest for you to mentally make it God, the father, go to a comfortable place with God and ask him, what lies am I believing right now? And to really let there be some silence and let there be some receptivity there. And if there is not an answer to persist in asking that and to have that become something that you are attentive to, because it might not be something that God answers for us mentally in prayer. It might be something a friend points out to us or a spouse points out to us, or even one of our children really puts their finger on somehow. And then to take that answer whenever it comes back to the Lord and say, what truth 
do you want to replace this with instead? Because I think so, so frequently we think of so many things as facts that are not facts, Mm -hmm. that are things that are based on how we feel, on how we have been conditioned, on how things have always been. And very, very infrequently are those things facts. Even to say, I'm just going through a really, really hard time right now. There's no way that I'm going to have peace and joy. That's a hard reality that that is a lie. That's not an easy reality to deal with. It's a hard reality, but that's why you go to the father to ask for the lessons about this. Like, teach me the truth that you want to replace it with. In my experience, the Lord just so beautifully tailors those to the person that is receiving. So I really encourage you to do that, especially if you are someone who does not believe that the Lord wants to talk to you, doesn't believe that the Lord will speak to you, really go to him with openness and receptivity and to then be open in the other ways, the other people in your life, the other influences that he can also use to speak to you, because I can guarantee you that he will relay a message to you. And it might be something that you really hear, or it might be something you receive from elsewhere, but he's not going to leave you in desolation and silence if you are earnestly asking. Thank you, Joe. No, that's beautiful. Maybe as an extension of that too, when you think about the work that you're doing to help women seek out that joy for themselves, how you're ministering to them. And then of course, you know, you zoom back out on your own life. How have you seen your feminine genius flourish throughout all of that? Oh my goodness. I think the shackles that we choose and keep ourselves in are just unreal. I think like joy and peace, people also feel like freedom is very pipe dream level as well. A lot of us, freedom is just very, well, it means I can drive my car where I want to go because I live in a country that is, you know, not under totalitarian rule. And that's kind of the extent that I experience freedom, but really that interior freedom, that internal freedom has been something that I, I really don't think I had ever experienced in my life until throughout this year, walking this journey. And then here's part of it was in realizing how far I had to go and how far I still have to go. And that this is just very, very in the midst of things, but the openness to letting God move and the openness to being healed, it's such a beautiful way to open the door to those things that can come in the midst of the process. God is not limited by the fact that we're still in process. Those things come in my experience in like moving forward on the journey and not in arriving at the end of the journey, the ability to actually not operate out of hurry and to actually not operate out of worry because there is so much less to prove Mm -hmm. than I have spent my whole life trying to prove. Mm -hmm. In a society where it seems like for both women and men, it seems like the opposite is true. But to have those reminders and to really repeat those truths, taking such care and intention to repeat to yourself, and I think by extension, sharing that with those you minister to is really so powerful. So Jill, thank you so much for joining us today and for sharing your story. And I was wondering if as we close, if you could uh, lead us in a prayer. 100%. I would love to. name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord Jesus, I thank you so much for the life of every single one of your children listening to this podcast. I thank you for creating them with such beautiful intention, knowing that their specific 
corner of the world sphere of influence needed them to really be placed there and to minister out of the specific gifts that you have given them right there in that place. And I just ask Lord that if anyone listening to this is not aware of how much you love them, Lord, we ask that you show up in love for them, that they may experience your love for them in a tangible way. So they might be overwhelmed by the magnitude of the love that you have for them and the amount of care that you have for them so that they are able to move from a place of of really proving and lack into a place of really knowing who they are and knowing who you are so that they're able to find the peace and the joy and the freedom that we've been talking about, Lord. We ask for healing of all their wounds, both in their hearts and in their minds and in their physical body. We just ask that you become present to them in a way that they have never experienced before. We praise you, Lord, for the great goodness of your creation, for the great beauty of everything that you've placed in our world and in our lives and the great beauty of each other. We love you, Lord, and we do. Amen. Amen. Jill, thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. Thank you to Jill Simons for joining me on the Feminine Genius Podcast today. Be sure to check out Pink Salt Riot online at pinksaltriot.com and by following them on Instagram at pinksaltriot. You can also go and check out their storefront, The Riot House, if you ever find yourself in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And as Jill mentioned, she is the host of the podcast, The Authentic Uprising Show, which you can listen to wherever you find your podcasts. All of this information can be found in the episode description and the show notes. You can listen to the Feminine Genius Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many other platforms. And you can follow us on social media at FemGeniusPod. All of this information and the show notes can be found on our home on the web, FemineGeniusPodcast.com. We'll talk to you soon, and God bless you always.